Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Well, hello, greetings to Earth creatures in a third planet in the solar system, Sector 001, and welcome, you spacefaring creatures, to the RC Roundtable. When he lacked in the last episode for spiciness <laughs> he's he's recovered now we're in spaciness yes. yeah be careful what uh, you wish for <laughs> <laughs> well i'm just excited the uh the senate launch i mean the uh space launch system has launched uh early 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 this morning and it worked well so far it's working <laughs> it's working yes oh a little birdie though told me that they, they have a little uh little issue going on but i can't oh I can't well, elaborate. Well, that's why they're doing this, right? That's why they didn't put people on it because they exactly. got to work out the bugs. They got to work out the bugs, and they found a bug already. It doesn't look like it's going to be, you know, you know, life mission threatening per se, as far as I know. But there is a, you know, they've already hit a little minor snag. But we'll see if it works. Well, out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask this if you know the answer. I'm assuming that they would pressurize the capsule to make sure that it's you know, the temperatures are good and all the. The human requirements are functioning correct it's not yes. going in a vacuum no 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 there's several reasons why you don't want to do that hey yes you want to test the what we call the eclis system environmental control life support uh make sure that runs well and a lot of times the equipment won't run well anyways if there's a vacuum and no air it'll just not work anyway so yeah there's it's pressurized i don't remember if it's full human pressurized or lower than that but yeah they this will be a full-up test and and uh they spit off apparently some uh, CubeSats as well to do some things and oh. uh, there's a neat there's a NASA has a neat I wish I, I didn't write down their website name but they have a neat live tracking thing with some visuals on it so it shows you an orbital position it shows you how many how fast it's going how many miles it's gone how many miles it needs to go this is the Orion space capsule to get to the moon uh, and uh, it's going to take about 40 hours or so as of recording this to get to the moon and uh not sure how long it's going to stay there. You know, go around and come back and land. Hopefully, everything will be good. Lots of instrumentation. They're going to be measuring all kinds of stuff as they go there and come back and make sure hopefully everything works. So just just for those who are <laughs> watching this show, for those in the audio, you won't see this, but I pulled up the uh, tracking that Fitz is talking about on our screen. So that's, at least this is just part of it. It's just a yeah. What's it doing right now? I don't think it's over. The U.S. though, this has got to be fake. That's an old, maybe old picture. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was no longer in orbit. Yeah, like, it's okay. like they've been sending back pictures from, uh, like, with the Earth behind it. So yeah, yeah. Cool. So it looks like they've done the uh, what they call that the uh, lunar insertion, translunar yeah. in, um, ins insertion. So yeah, so this is to be interesting. The first time we've sent a man carrying vehicle to the moon since the, what nineteen seventy. Two or something like that, right? Right, Terry. Uh, something like that. The last yeah. Apollo. Yeah. And you're so far behind. You can't say manned spacecraft anymore. Oh, that's right. It's crude. Crude. Yes. yes. You're crude. With that crude. kind of language. Well, yeah. I meant man in the general terms, like mankind. I don't want to hear your excuses. <laughs> Get woke. Man made. I can't say crude made, but uh, did yes. I, did I tell People you there's. Made. There's discussion in the FAA department to change it from UAV and UAS for unmanned uncrewed. to uncrewed aerial systems. Yeah, it's a government thing. 
Yeah, same difference. We've always been uncrewed. <laughs> Obvious. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Otherwise, it's an ultralight. <laughs> All right. Well, so the, the first guy cascading me is uh, Snow Monkey Terry Dunn. Hey. And uh, the other one castigating me is Dexter Freebish. <laughs> Dexter Freebish. What the hell? Who, who's for, what? For for all of my native Texan slash native Houstonian friends, Astroworld used to have a ride called the Dexter Freebish. Really, really. It then turned into be called the Excalibur. After oh, it's a, it's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. Yeah. Okay. Huh. So it's Dexter Freebish, like it's a, a different name, thing. but. After you got off the roller coaster, you were so shaken up you couldn't pronounce it, so it came out as Dexter Freebish. <laughs> no, it was always Dexter Freebish. Actually, no. it has a longer name, but Dexter Freebish is just the first part. <laughs> so as uh, uh, Terry alluded to, we are simulcasting our podcast. So if you're listening to this on an audio podcast, we are showing this on a YouTube channel, uh, RC Roundtable YouTube channel. And if you're looking at us on the YouTube channel, we have an audio podcast that you can oh. also download. <laughs> Right, but not live this time. But not this live. Is, no, this yeah, is, we're this not is the live. VIP room. Yeah, yes. we're recording, having a good time, seeing each other's mugs, and uh, letting you guys listen in to our hopefully soon. To, well, I don't know. We're trying to make them weekly chats, but keeping our friendship tight together and keeping up with the our hobby interests. And I know we've got a lot to talk about. It's been kind of a busy week weekend. Yeah, we just had the midterms. Let's talk politics oh, and religion. Go. Please, Come on. somebody kick Terry off. <laughs> Put him back into the yeah, uh, I, lobby. I, my my wife says I'm not allowed to talk politics. Yeah, that's probably a good move. <laughs> She's still patching up the holes from last time in the wall. So, oh my god! Yeah, I mean, if if we could actually physically uh, see how many years of your life are taken away from your frustration with the politics these days, I'm, I'm a goner next week. <laughs> so. Well, I will just say congratulations on a bullet dodged for you Texans. Oh, that's my all gosh. I'm going to say I, about that. I can't, I must keep yeah. quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop poking the bear. I guess I'll just say, I hope, I hope your guy won. We <laughs> <laughs> crew. Yeah, hope your crew won. I see. Well, <laughs> uh, touche. All right. Well, hey, this is our supposed to be our happy zone. So let's talk yeah. happy things like happy models and and stuff and <laughs> happy little models, happy, happy little, little planes, little models. Yeah, happy little planes. Just paint them like this. Oh yeah. Okay. So speaking of happy models, where do we start? What do we talk about first on this well, cold night? This question has been burning in my brain for weeks now. I think on our last show you talked about so you're your planned about visit to fasten the or zip or zip or fasten. No, no, oh, none of that. Okay. You were going to be the MC at the Houston Air Show. Oh yeah, yeah. And before we get into that, speaking of air shows, I think we should acknowledge the horrible accident that happened in Dallas okay. last week. How about yeah. we start with start with start with Fitz first because that was before what happened. So you want to go chronological? Okay. Yeah. So I'd like to do that. Okay. So Fitz, you were at the Wings Over Houston Air Show. You emceed the RC portion of it. Correct. And at some point during the day, you texted Lee and I and said, shenanigans are afoot. I there, did. He never been told us. Right. There's <laughs> been a kerfuffle at the air show. <laughs> there was some drama. Yes. Drama. <laughs> Can you share it? There's some drama. Uh, I guess so. I don't think it's really any secret or anything. Um, okay. I'll keep the What's names. the NTSB <laughs> report on this guy? I won't mention any names <laughs> to protect the guilty. An innocent 
<laughs> so yeah so uh, i was asked to come back a second time i did this last year as a fill-in for somebody who couldn't make it and i guess they liked me enough or the fill-ins couldn't make it again that they asked me to come back again this oh, year the scab took over his job yeah so now it's a thing so um so they asked me to announce uh, the RC model portion. So at the Houston Air Show every year has uh, a demonstration of model airplanes and helicopters that fly before the show starts. They do it in the morning. And so it's really neat because uh, you get to go and intermingle with the pilots at the pilot briefing because we're part of the show. So we need to go to the pilot briefings and the flight boss will say, go here, don't go there. Here's your schedule. Um, anything of note that we need to go. And it even calls out the model airplane guys. Hey, model airplane guys, you here? Yeah, we're here. Okay. So we know that, you know, any rules and that kind of stuff. So it's always cool. And it's, you sit around the hangar and you can see the Thunderbird pilot world, the, whoever the demonstration pilots are. So you see the World War II pilots, you see the, the um, aerobatic and the Tora 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 and whatever military is coming in and, and so forth. Basically, anybody that's flying the Coast Guard, they're all standing around, milling around, listening to the flight boss, give them, tell them where to fly, where not to fly, any limitations. It's a really, really, really neat thing to see and uh, any type of emergency procedures and that whatnot. So anyway, so I always enjoy kind of doing that. And I get into the air show and I get to stand up in the um, the MC platform where the flight, the normal flight announcer stands and the air boss stands. So I get to sit. This is important. I get to sit next to the air boss and the the guy who normally announces. Um, it, was, it was this neat guy. His name is Rob Lowe. <laughs> oh, uh, but uh, he's a neat guy. He's actually quite familiar with model airplanes. I've run into him at some model airplane events as well. I think he comes at SAE event and that kind of stuff. So uh, I got a good rapport with him. And so anyways, uh, so this is neat. We do this in the morning before the show starts. So I get a, I get to go up there and talk into the microphone. It's all blasted on all the speakers throughout the air show uh, flight line. Uh, so we come up with a rough schedule of what who's going to fly what and when. So I take out everybody's names. I know who's, because I don't always know all the guys that are flying. So I have a list, what they're flying, their names are, some of the local guys. They're from around the Houston area. They're not from one club. So they are sort of an aggregate, their own little mini con, um, commemorative Air Force almost from just different parts of the Houston area. It's the all-star team. It's the all-star team, yeah. They call them Houston area modelers or something like that. Uh, so I don't always know everybody. There's a couple of guys I do know because they're local, but there's a couple of guys I have no idea. I don't remember their names. Nice guys, just I just, just don't really interact with them. But anyways, so we do this both days, Saturday and Sunday. I think Friday, too, they may do a special show for kids, but I can. I was working. So Saturday was a little murky, but not too bad, and that went off without a hitch. They flew. We flew for about an hour, various things flying around. Flew jets and prop planes and helicopters. Um, we had a, a miner that with one of the helicopters. He kind of pulled out half a second too late while <laughs> doing some little inverted things. Kind of whacked his helicopter a little bit, but it wasn't it wasn't anything serious. He just laughed it off. Uh, so that went fine. Sunday comes around, and Sunday is actually a nicer day. It wasn't nearly as clouded, and I don't think it was quite as breezy. And so we uh, set up and we start flying. And then the air boss tells me, um, can you tell the guys to kind of come in closer? They're flying a little bit too far out. And I said, okay, no problem. And then he tells me how safety issue or for better visibility. Uh, it was a safety issue. And this is, this, okay. I'll get you exactly what happened because things got interesting from there. And so he says, uh, can you bring them in? I said, yeah, sure. I've got a radio with me. I have a little walkie talkie kind of thing that I talk to them. 
And Sunday, Saturday, um, we had good communication. I'd say something and they wouldn't acknowledge it. And I say, great. And on Sunday, I was talking and I don't quite think the radio was working quite as well. I couldn't quite hear them quite as well. And, or they weren't acknowledging me. And so I said, hey, can you bring it in? And I couldn't quite, they weren't, wasn't getting an acknowledgement. I was like, can you guys hear me? And I hear like a, okay. <laughs> and then what happens to make it worse is the flight boss says, they're flying too far out. Can you bring them in closer? And I need you to keep them between this area and this area. And when he tells me that, I kind of do a double take. I was like, did I just hear him right? Because the area he wanted me to keep him in was really tight, like almost basically impossible other than a helicopter to fly in a tight. I'm trying to figure out, are you, are you correct? And he says, yes. And he didn't tell me why. He just says, you need to fly this. And he's the flight boss. So he's he's it comes from God to him <laughs> to me, right? So uh, so like uh, I'm having issues communicating and uh, at the one point, one of the other guys comes up and he starts pulling up the cell phone and I'm trying to call them, say, hey, can you, I need it. I'm, I'm, how do I have good communications? We're trying to get this thing in. I'm really not quite understanding quite what the flight boss is trying to tell me because it doesn't seem right. And so they're not yelling the boss, distance? No, but there was something I, I kind of missed. He eventually, the flight boss told me, I was like, oh yeah, duh, I could have done that. Um, so he's, we're making phone calls to try to get them to land. At this point, the flight boss says, just, just land them and we'll figure this out. And then he says, you, you can just tell them over the PA system. I'm like, oh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> If only I had a way to amplify my voice. Yeah. So can hear me. I'm so worried about either cell phoning or the walkie-talkie that I forgot that I'm on a giant PA system. I could just yell at them. Uh, turns out they could. They could. The PA system was good enough that they could actually hear the flight boss telling me when I was keying the mic. <laughs> so they were setting up the land, and so one guy I noticed that they started landing, and they started landing, and um, we got them down, and we started talking with the flight boss, and with another guy showed up that's part of the RC model demonstration. He's sort of the kind of the team leader, and we're like, okay, we're your telling the flight boss, were you telling us doesn't it's not going to work? And it turned out what was happening was they were flying over the pyro pyrotechnic guys, and the pyrotechnic guys were getting worried that they're flying too close, and they're setting up stuff with explosives and gasoline and stuff. And say, hey, we don't, we're not comfortable with these model airplanes flying above us. Uh, so we're like, okay, where can we fly? Because the, the the flight boss was saying it's just not possible; it wasn't physically possible. And they said, okay, well, if you shift down further down. You can fly further out as long as you don't go over the pyro guys, but we're going to have to shift you a little further down the runway. We're, all, we're kind of taking off on a taxiway and flying over the runway. And so we worked out a box that we can fly and said, okay, that's good. That'll work. Uh, so we re restart the show and I start announcing again. I tell them about model airplanes and how fun they are and that kind of stuff. And I've got the other guy with me uh, to help communicate because I told him, I said, hey, I'm having problems communicating and I'm not sure. I want to make sure these guys are acknowledging me. And so anyways, we're flying again. We're doing pretty good. And then we have we start taking up some of the jets. And one of the turbines is, is fairly big. And he starts flying a bit out of that box that we talked to. And the flight boss says, hey, this guy's flying a little bit too far over. Can you tell him to um, not fly so far? So I'm trying to communicate. Hey, you're flying a little bit too far. And he comes back. And then he kind of does it again. And the flight boss says, no, we should just land this guy. And I said, yeah, okay. So I, I try to communicate, hey, can you, can you land? 
please um, we're, we're getting a request to land. And I see him drop his gear and he comes around and the jet slows down a bit and suddenly does a tip stall and starts heading straight for the ground. And it goes, I, I'm thinking, oh man, this is going to hit hard and he's not in a good location because he's coming around the land. He's kind of flying over to pyro guys again a little bit. Uh, and he pulls out at the last second, but not enough to fully pull out. And so pancakes on the ground in sort of the near the, the forbidden zone. Oh, and like, oh man, hope this thing doesn't go up into flames. Uh, and for some, for some great reason, this is one of the first jets I seen crash. that didn't go up in flames either. He must've been out of mostly out of fuel or whatever, but he hit pretty hard, uh, but he hit flat. And so it's kind of stuck out there and just smoldering and wasn't on fire. And so we had to, we shut everything down and I had to tell everybody, oh, well, this happens sometimes. And, and uh, we, they had, somebody had to go retrieve it. And so we pulled it back. And that's the pictures I sent you, Lee, when you were pulling it back. So it, it, on the surface, it didn't look all that bad, but it hit pretty hard. I'm sure lots of stuff got discombobulated inside and whatnot. It's a fiberglass fuselage. It was a big, big turbine. This is not a little, little guy. And so it's just sort of the irony is that after the pyro guys are saying, hey, we're worried about these model airplane guys flying over us. Then we have this accident that here hits fairly close to where they are. Uh, it turns out it looks like he got a radio hit. And so he had lost signal briefly, had a lockout, and then it came back. And another person also said they, was, they had experienced a lockout, but they were able to recover and land. He said once he had that, he landed pretty quickly. Because I know somebody landed after only being up in the air about a minute or two. Probably those uh, 2.4 gigahertz walkie-talkies you were keying up all the time. Land, land. No, they should have been. You know, no, they're FRS system. They should be way, way off frequency. But, um, but interesting enough, later in the day, the other MC was yelling over the microphone says somebody is keying the transmitter we can't hear the pilot some well if you're listening in on don't key your trans so there was other people having radio issues that day too uh so you know we're a little worried um uh about you know you know having i think this is the first time i've ever had it had an incident like that at the show um the, the We've always had a good rapport. For I understand, they told us that we the airplane guy has always had a good rapport with the air show announcer. So hopefully, it's just a, a minor thing and it's not going to no hard feelings about anything. But uh, it was interesting trying to, you know, the flight boss is yelling at me <laughs> and I'm yelling at somebody else. <laughs> they say crap rolls downhill. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> but the flight boss, you know, he came up and says, "Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about yelling at you, but we, we just, you know," and I totally understood. I said, "Yeah, you're a flight right. boss. And you, your your rule is is, is the law." sometimes kinda... there's just no time to be nice exactly and i understood completely and he was he was very um uh apologetic so to speak about it and he said yeah there's nothing personal i just you know we got we were trying to run a safe show and but you're an to... idiot and i hate you yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we had some drama so we ended up you know cutting our, our rc demo a little short on sunday but there's still a lot of people seem to enjoy it whenever i told them to, you know give a hand for so-and-so pilot people would clap and stuff so oh, nice uh, uh, so it was it was very very interesting. <laughs> Hopefully you'll be invited back next year. Uh, I hope so. Uh, yeah. But it was a good flying. They had some really good pilots. We had to, that uh, Lee, the guy, one of the same guys that had the vector thrust uh, J ten jet at bomber. Really? He was there. Oh, and neat. they had a second one, so they had two of them flying. That's a show. Uh, and local guys flying some really large. Uh, it was a Mamba biplane, an extra mm -hmm. something. 
couple different helicopters. They normally have a flying witch, but it was under the weather. Uh, it wasn't quite <laughs> flying right, the guy said. <laughs> so it was on display, but it wasn't flying. Um, and so that was my story. Sorry for dragging it out for so long, but that's uh, no, okay. I'm glad uh, nobody was hurt. Or yeah, no, they, yeah, nobody was hurt. Just, just some, so, just yeah. some uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, not egos, but what do you call it? Just uh, oh, egos, what and egos? wallets, yeah, your wallets, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was a cheap thing. So, but yeah, your radio got hit, it's not nothing you can do about that. That's just the physics of you try to do the best you can, yeah, because they flew fine Saturday, they didn't, didn't have any issues, but something came up on Sunday, maybe there was some noisy in the RF spectrum or something, and they got they got some hits. Solar event. Because all the same planes flew best days. Yeah, so sunspots. Yeah. Lucas! All right. <laughs> all right. So do we want to talk about the other air show thing now? Well, yeah, because at Wings Over Houston were the aircraft we lost at Wings Over Dallas. Right. Yeah, we. I saw, uh, I looked at my pictures too, the, the B-17 and the P-63, both the same aircraft, yeah. were at Wings Over Houston. And I likely saw them, the pilots, at the pilot's briefing. Right. So, yeah, I don't think there's much to say about it other than just, you know, shock of uh, what happened and yeah. extend our condolences to everybody. Who's, it's, uh, I don't think it's, anybody understands what happened or how it happened yet. It's just, yeah. No, there's just that speculation that he, the bomber was in a blind spot of the P-63 when he was right. making, initiating that turn. Don't know how he got in that position, why he would, how he let it get him in. Well, I was going to add, for those of you who are on YouTube, uh, the Blanco Lirio channel, Juan Brown has uh, a video up that yeah. kind of goes over his and in, his investigation. I think the guy is really good. I don't know how accurate he is, but he's got a great way of telling it. And, you know, just watch his video on the tragedy. It's, it's unfortunate for everybody. It was, you, I think as fans of the aviation, you, it's like driving. You know, you're, even though there's a lot of space in the sky, there's still a chance for mid-airs. And God knows we've had a lot of mid-airs in the commercial aircraft, you know, in private aircraft uh, this year. It's like strange people trying landing at the same time on a runway. I've, he's got a couple of the of those on his YouTube channel. But I wanted to say our friend Adam Drain reached out to us when it happened. And so I was getting the text that he sent us. And, uh, you know, he's the one who works at the Champagne Museum. In Ohio for they're building their B-17. What was the name of it again, Terry? I don't remember that. I didn't. Um, anyway, they're building the B-17. And so mm. we had a nice talk and I just want to share what something he wrote on his Facebook page that I thought really shared uh, it well on how we all feel. He said, good morning. Please check on your aviation friends today. We're not okay. We may not know everyone in the Warbird community personally, but it is a small brotherhood and we all feel the pain together. Godspeed, the crew of the Texas Raiders and the pilot of the P-63. Yeah, yeah. good words. There's six people that lost their lives. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, obviously the, the people that died in that incident, that's horrible. Um, you also kind of have to acknowledge the loss of the antique airplanes, which is significant. Yeah, I understand the P-63 is... is quite rare right well yeah. and b-17s obviously yeah and b-17s um, but i think there's more b-17s and yeah more b-17s in the air right. the other thing is uh, you know someone had <laughs> bashed me uh by not f reading what i wrote 
Um, but I had mentioned I, you know, I pray for the crews who worked on the, the Texas Raiders and he didn't get past a certain point. And he goes, why are you crying over a, a stupid machine? People lost their lives. I was like, I, I wasn't, you know, doing that. But going back to the, his little rare statement about the machines, the people who passed away put their lives into it. They put their passion and their efforts to keep it flying. Uh, it's hard to find these gentlemen who are skilled to fly such a beast. <laughs> and, you know, and then you think about World War II when young kids were given the handles to fly this thing. And, you know, Fitz yeah. and I, we've been in a B-17 and, you know, there was a whole bunch of button pushing and, you know, sit down, <laughs> yeah. shut up, I got to fly this thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I, obviously we're suffering with the families and friends of those pilots who've lost their lives, but we're also suffering as those who appreciate these aircraft that there's a huge loss, a huge vacancy there. And we hope that this incident doesn't ground those lovely aircraft from flying anymore. I mean, it is rare, but I mean, and I know this is going to sound a little weird, but we have rare cars on the road. People love driving them because they're meant to be driven. Same as these aircraft. They're meant to be flown. We can obviously learn something from this and try to do a better job. But I hope that the FAA does not do what they always do uh, yeah government and, overreach and try grounding these aircraft well yeah i don't want to get into too much analysis here but i don't see how what happened is an aspect of them being vintage airplanes any two airplanes doing that pattern could have been in the same situation so hopefully oh, sure. that that prevails that has happened that happened just several times this year where we had uh, uh civilian aircraft collide in the pattern uh, they were trying to land on the same running, ran into each other. But well, I can tell you, as I watched that, there were several videos taken by people from a parking lot just outside the airport. One of the first things that popped in my head was, thank goodness that didn't happen outside of the airport gates and yeah. injured people on the ground. So there was a picture of a biplane taking off, and it looked like the debris came really, really close to it as he was taking to his takeoff run. You yes. see that? And... I think the key word that two people on YouTube have said is situational awareness. And I was thinking about that, that biplanes. Like how often when you're taking off, you're looking behind you for stuff falling <laughs> down on you. Yeah. I mean, it, but you're right. That was well, very close. Yeah. yeah. So I think I have to qualify myself here. Not a full scale pilot. Have no business you know, judging anybody with any of this. And I hope none of my comments come across that way, but it's, um, uh, I felt like it was something that we needed to acknowledge as just a sad event that you know, hopefully does not have a negative impact in the big picture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that reminded me uh, something else. Oh, first thing is uh, Lee mentioned the Blanco Lario channel. That guy's really good. I recommend watching him. He's a real even keyed uh, experienced pilot that, that, that really talks without any without over speculating anything he says here's the facts i know he does a lot of research he, he called up the adsb data and all the aircraft flying around and altitudes and stuff he was really really thorough uh, in the preliminary analysis uh, and apparently it sounds like he has some air force experience or something because he was talking about how to do formation flying and that kind of stuff so uh, i know he's well, i think he's an airline pilot now but i think it sounds like he had military background i'll tell you ryan and i have entered enjoyed rather a video he did on his flight with a B-25 where he had an engine failure. And part of his story was 
teaching people who are having emergencies to talk back to the tower and tell them, no, I'm having an emergency. <laughs> yes. I'm landing now. So <laughs> you're done. <laughs> Just listen to me. And he did. He was having a problem with his uh, B-25. He lost an engine and the guy kept wanting him to go further or turn around or something like that. And he was like, no, I'm pretty much coming down. So <laughs> you know, get, the, get the trucks rolling. But you're here. Everybody so overruled. You, <laughs> so look that up. And, and, you know, obviously Ryan's a big B-25 fan. So that was an interesting tale. Uh, but yeah, so I, I would say, you know, listen to it. I, I think he does a good job. He's all, he was also, unfortunately, um, and as we've said, there's been just crazy accidents this year. He does a report on that Reno accident where the L-39 pilot likely blacked out yeah, and just fell out. in. And so he also does kind of what you do, Fitz. He does MC at Reno. I think this year he was ah. doing uh, stall contests. And if you watched some of the videos, because I watched it live, I mean, it was like a, a there was a huge uh, sandstorm coming in and it was just they had to actually ground the aircraft at one point. But it was neat to hear him doing that. And he's an encyclopedia. You know, he's like Tom Blakely. He just knows everything about every plane <laughs> yeah. out there. So, yeah. Uh, but I'm anyway on the screen right now, for those of you on our YouTube channel, uh, that's his channel. Blanco, B-L-A-N-C-O-L-I-R-I-O. And uh Give him a subscribe, ring that bell. He's really good. And again, he's got a report, his report, yeah. not the report. So anyways, I was going to, before I got sidetracked my own self, mention another incident that happened actually at the Houston airport, Houston air show, excuse me, that I guess didn't get much um, play or uh, not well known. Uh, on Sunday, when we're at the pilot's briefing the air boss mentioned something that happened on saturday he said that somebody could have come close to losing their life on an incident I'm like wait what but he didn't elaborate and so i was like i wonder what that was about because i don't remember anything happening on saturday uh, but through other means i found out a little birdie told me what happened i guess at the end of the air show on saturday when people were flying out because people fly in and out with their own aircraft before and after the air show because they have them on display uh a, a gentleman went to hand start his aircraft and when it started up apparently the throttle was higher than he thought or something and it jumped at shocks oh my gosh and ran ran spun around nobody was in the cockpit so it was un uncrewed uh and so i guess he barely got it away but it, it spun around and collided with another aircraft Oh man. And um I, I don't know how much damage was done, but you know, basically you had a uh, a wild aircraft for a brief period of time. Uh so uh, fortunately nobody was hurt. And it doesn't sound like there was any I don't sure how much damage was done to either aircraft, but uh it's you know, respect when you're hand propping stuff, you, <laughs> you gotta really be careful. Sadly on YouTube there are a couple of those. <laughs> <laughs> that you will laugh at because you know you hope no one got hurt, but you see them start their engines and then the plane just goes on its merry way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to have electric start. I'm not gonna hand starting that sucker. <laughs> I don't hand. I barely touched the big gas planes I have, much less a real one. But anyway, put a rope start like a lawnmower, just run it up to the cockpit. <laughs> All right, so we're 30 minutes in. We haven't even talked about, well, we barely talked about model airplanes. Uh, what else we have on the plate for today? I think Lee has some big news. It's hot oh. off the presses. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Are you ready, boys? 
<laughs> We've been ready. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I sure did want to call you this morning as soon as well. Actually, I think we got the word last night. And <laughs> yeah, for anybody who's wondering, Lee does not give us any sneak peeks at this insider AMA info. You know, really? I, I, I'm going to brag about this little tidbit uh, just because I can. But I was one of six people who got wind of this first. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm not one of the other six. No, I'm I'm, I'm talking about working at the AMA. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah I know. I'm one of, one of six that got this information, so I was very proud to know this. But if you haven't uh, seen so far, if you're guessing, uh, the AMA has officially been recognized as a CBO, community-based organization here in the great United States, uh, will not not go through this whole, why do we have CBOs and what's a FRIA and all that jazz? All you need to know is this is something that we had to do after the Reauthorization Act so that we could create FRIAs for our clubs, protect you know flying. So those of us who like to fly at a club, who are members of a club and want to just fly without what is called a remote ID, a module that basically tries to identify who you are, what you're, what you are, where you're flying. Um, and, you know, there's that, that government overreach part about drones. So uh, we are now a community-based organization. We have our safety guidelines up on our website. And we, have, of course, ask all our members to follow those safety rules accordingly. Take your trust exam. It's very simple. And go out and have fun. Uh, I will be, actually, a part of the team to take all the requests from clubs to register their club for a FRIA. And I will, I think we might split it up into districts to just, you know, to divvy up all the entries. And then we will, you know, as soon as possible, start submitting them to the FAA. All right. Don't know when the, don't know when the FAA will approve them. It might be another two years, uh, right. but we are actively, you know, getting up all our ducks in a row to send out forms to all the club members and get active. So today, November... 16th, we are now a community-based organization. All right. Congratulations. So Thank you. Are, are any other clubs recognized yet? Nope. Okay. I know others are you mean trying to go down that path. Other CBOs? Are, yes. Did the FAA recognize any other organizations as a CBO? I will say I am not aware of any others at this time. Okay. But others are trying. So Others are trying. Maybe more. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm welcome to tell people that flight tests has been, you know, has the Flight Test Community Association that their intention is to become a CBO. Uh, the FPV Coalition, they have in, intentions to become a CBO. Don't know where they stand. Yeah. Haven't had conversations with them. So right now we're just dealing with our members. Okay. And if you aren't a member yet, go to modelaircraft.org slash join. <laughs> How's that, my little plug? <laughs> Tell them Lee sent you and get a free hat. Aren't they doing some free hat thing? We are. Any orders over $60, I believe, through the shop at modelaircraft.org, huh. you will get a free hat while supplies last. Huh. So, And I will open the conversation to those listening and watching. Feel free to add it to the comments here or reach out to us. Contact at rcroundtable.com. My job as social media manager is to check the conversations going on right now about our CBO status. Most of it has been very positive and I'm thankful for that. Thank you all of, all of you who are, understand that we are really working hard for you in this hobby, but we have had a couple of people just voice their 
dissatisfaction, uh, and I'm going to call him out right now because Terry will <laughs> laugh at me. I always love it when Terry gets to laugh back at me. But XJet, Bruce from New Zealand, has gone off on our comments in our YouTube channel, and he has started a little mini thread about his his concerns of, you know, are we doing this for ourselves? Did we force the FAA to demand that people join a CBO so that we'll make more money? It's just, he's just going off and it's, it's very unfortunate because he doesn't know what he's talking about. And he's from New Zealand. So can't quite put my finger on why he's taking all his frustration that he should have of all the drone regulations they have in New Zealand. And he's taking them out on us. So if you have any feedback on that, you're welcome to talk to us. Uh, I'm telling you right now that most of his claims are false. Uh, it's nothing of the sort. We basically have been trying to deal with the FAA to not extend this wrath of regulations on us. And I think we are in a much better place than we would have been had we not stepped up. <laughs> Sounds like we should have him on the show. <laughs> that's not a horrible idea <laughs> sounds like an interesting guy to talk to yes have you ever watched his videos oh yeah yeah, and yeah. I, I'm, look i was i was waiting for you to like call me out say but lee you used to share his videos all the time you know he's got the right passion he's got the right concerns but hearing him say it to about the ama after what we've gone through for the reauthorization act it's it's not justified I, I can't justify it. So he's, he's again, seems to be taking out his frustrations of what his government's doing out on us. Yeah, I heard a New Zealand government is real, oh my real draconian. Well, he's yeah. got, he looks, so if you go to his channel, XJet on YouTube, and you look at many of his videos, his, he's got cover thumbnails that just say rant. <laughs> and there are just several of his videos that just scream rant because he's come and he has the uh, let me say this right now so he doesn't think i'm not bruce you, you have a reason to be upset i hear you i've seen your posts and you know i know you like this hobby he's a very smart man he's very technical i've seen some of his yeah. educational videos but i just want to say i don't know why he's stirring the pot here of what we we're trying to do Again, this nobody wants to be here. Nobody wanted to be here. We had to do some things to get here to cut this off. If we hadn't had Frias, I think, I think we're we would be in a well. Wow, I can't imagine where we'd be without Frias. Um, all we remote a, ID all the remote time. Remote IDs, yeah, fifty Ooh. seventy dollar modules. No, no, thank you. How about we have an open invitation? Next jet, Bruce. If you listen to this or see us, drop us a note. Or maybe we can do something. That's fine if he accepts. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, like someone complained about why is the staff why why are the AMA employees getting paid? Like, <laughs> <laughs> because nobody works for free. <laughs> I, I mean, no, and they make it sound like he's paid like a politician, you know, millions of dollars. Uh, no, no, this is not it. You know, a lot of us are doing it because we're passionate about the hobby. But I can't imagine anybody today is doing something for free unless they're you know their spouse or something has won the, the lottery or. Yeah, they're paid millions of dollars. No, sorry. Well, we are it, working hard for our members. Yeah, I mean, it's understandable the frustration people have. And we are all have our level of frustration with the whole process and the government overreach and that kind of stuff. And so it's sort of, we're trying to make lemonade out of the lemons we're being given. And, and I guess yeah. that's uh, best we can do. You know, best we can say at the moment. Yeah. What well, I would like to see is for all of the disgruntled modelers which should be everybody if you're not disgruntled you're not paying attention like to see all of us channel our frustrations into the right direction and not you know gripe at each other and make silly excuses like this 
But yeah, yeah, we should all be pointing our anger at the FAA and the silliness that's, you know, all these rules are. I'll, I'll go get Peter DeFazio's mailing address. You can all write to this gentleman. He's one of the main reasons why we are here today. He's the senator from Oregon? Oregon. Or yeah. <laughs> what if he's ever touched a model airplane in his life? Just, <laughs> in, in my head, I keep echoing his words. What are we going to do about these drones? <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> Get off our old drones. <laughs> drones and smooching. Uh, <laughs> uh, in a rock and roll uh let me do my little plug here you can learn more about the status go to modelaircraft.org uh, we have sliders there one of them uh, the first ones there should be uh, about the cbo status it'll take you to a blog for the government relations department uh, you can also go to the model aviation uh, the ama excuse me youtube page it's at model aircraft and uh, is it, oh my gosh, should I just screw that up? Is it model aircraft or model aviation? We got uh, modelaircraft.org. Yeah. Is that what you're talking no, about? No, no, no. I think it's at model aviation now that I'm thinking about it because we have another one that's model aircraft. No, it's model aircraft. Yeah. Our Instagram, and I think, is the one that's different. So it's no. at model aircraft. I don't know if you knew about the new hashtag bits because no. you probably have it too. But if you go to youtube.com slash and then use an at sign, you then have your, you know, they would be at hobby view. Oh, no, the handles. Call signs. Yeah, yeah, I got the Call email. I'm talking about yeah. Hand yeah. handles, but I handles, haven't really thank you. looked into so it. Yeah. Go to, to the uh, Academy of Model Aeronautics. It's at Model Aircraft, and you can pull up that video and enjoy. Anything else, Terry, on that? What were we talking about? The CBO. Is there anything else oh. you want to talk about the CBO status? No. Congratulations to all of us. Yay. <laughs> My, on, our, on our next podcast, I'll go and you get a Fria and you get a Fria. <laughs> Everyone gets a Fria. I hope you can say that. Oh, me too. Me too. Well, I, and I'll add this. Uh, I was talking with uh, Alona, who's in charge of uh, clubs right now. And, you know, we have a two step goal with Frias. Number one is obtaining the Fria status. Number two is getting altitude increases for clubs in uncontrolled airspace. Oh yeah. Yeah. At this time, there's still 400 feet and you've got clubs oh. who fly gliders and jets that need the thousand 1200 foot mark. So we hope to be right behind that process in getting an altitude increases. Aren't there some that have letters of understanding with local towers, letters of agreement through uh, SRM secure uh, SRM panels. And those are in controlled airspace. We currently do not offer those in uncontrolled airspace. Okay, gotcha. Oh, okay. Makes sense. All right. I'm ready for the next thing. What's the next thing? You. Okay. What do you got? What do you got, Terry? This is not news to anybody, but I'll mention it again. I was a guest on the RC Plane Lab podcast recently. Oh, yeah. I that, heard that. that. You did a good job. It was a really entertaining. Yeah, thank you. It was fun. I think, I think you only mentioned my name twice, and so, you know, <laughs> I was counting, and you said three. Oh, it's like Candyman. If I say it three times, you're going to appear. <laughs> well, it's so. not Beetlejuice. So I was I was very careful. <laughs> so I, I have to admit, I'm not a big podcast person, so I really hadn't heard of them. Have they been around for long? I've got 116 episodes. I guess they have. Yeah. So uh, I think chronologically, they... They have not been doing it as long as we have, but they've made 
more episodes in that amount of time. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. Yeah, they're more productive. Yeah, there you go. They're more prolific than we are. <laughs> so, yeah, good bunch of guys. They're fun to talk to. And they're actually not that far from me. They're in Illinois. So we loosely made ah. some plans to meet up at Lee. You'll be interested. Dynamic Balsa, which I've been trying to get you to go there on your return trips from Oshkosh every year. But usually you're like, oh, I'm tired. Uh, i got to get home. Uh, left the I'm not on. changing that story when you're the only one driving home from Wisconsin to Houston. Uh -huh. <laughs> you want to get on the road. <laughs> so, but from what they say, it's worth the stop. Hmm. So cool. try to pencil it in. Maybe on your way up one year. I, I, by the way, I want to say I approve their opening to your interview where they said the number one RC podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was nodding. Yep, he's right. <laughs> we have no evidence to support that claim. <laughs> we, we don't, but it sure, it sure uh, felt good. <laughs> that was yeah, nice of him to say that about us. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I, I have to admit, I was a little slow because about 20 minutes in, I realized, hey, there's three guys. Yeah, I thought it was it, only two. Two, two of the guys sound a lot alike, and I didn't quite catch that there was three of them interviewing you for a while. I guess I'm slow, like I said. It's like, oh, there's three guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but yeah, it was a, uh, it was they, they have an entertaining podcast. Check them out. Yeah, they're good. So rcplanelab dot com. I don't know what their website is. rcplanelab.com. Okay, I got it right. Yes. And uh, I think they're on the same aggregators that we are, iTunes, whatever else there is. Yeah, so it's, if you know how to listen to podcasts, you can find them. So check them out. I was a fan of their show before I was a guest on their show. So it was fun for me to be on there. Thank you for sharing your stories. It was good. Yeah. Thank you. You want to hear more? Okay. I got more. Why can't, why can't you sound that good on our show? I know, right? Relax. So our, uh, I can't do it. I can't do it. You make me nervous. So our buddy Sparky, Keith Sparks, he sent me a care package a few weeks back and it contained two sets of foam floats. And these were things that I think he was going to get rid of because he didn't plan to use them. And he thought I could use them. Me being on a lake now and also about to be surrounded by snow. Interesting point. It snowed here today and there's still snow on the ground. So I don't know if that means I'm in the tundra until April, whenever it goes away, or if it melts and comes back. But regardless, it snowed in Wisconsin, and uh, so winter has arrived. But anywho, so these foam floats, I took a little time to figure out what I wanted to do with them, and I decided to take one set and I put them on my Hoppy Zone Glass Air Sportsman. Do you guys... We call the that glass. airplane. Is it like it's a real a, glass air? Yeah, they're cabin, the high wing. Wait, that's a foamy, so it's yeah. scale. Yeah, you know, but it's a air scale foamy. Yeah, yeah. This was a beginner foamy model that Hobby Zone put out a while back, and this one had a very rudimentary early version of Safe in it, which I ended up disabling just because you know I didn't need it. But this is one of those models that I bought at a swap meet last year, I think for 20 bucks, bind and fly. Like I didn't need this airplane. I didn't come looking for it, but for 20 bucks, I couldn't just leave it sitting there. So I've been flying it off grass. Um, actually flown it a couple times here just because it's a easy, fun model. 
but it seemed perfectly sized and um, a good model to put the floats on. So I did. And it actually didn't take long at all. It was a very easy conversion. There were already plastic hard points at the places that I needed. And Sparky included the landing gear that on um, whatever plane this these floats were on before. It all just matched up. All I had to do were get to, was to get some of those uh, landing gear straps. And I used those to screw these to the hard points. And bada bing, the thing was on floats. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, that's it. And so last weekend, probably, I took it out to the pond behind the house and I did some taxi tests. There was a little bit of a breeze and without a water rudder, I could control it. But, you know, if a breeze popped up, it was going to weather vein into that every time. So it was difficult to control. So at some point during this week, I put a water rudder on it and to control it, I just put a five gram servo in the top of that float and then ran an extension up to the receiver and programmed a mix to work with the rudder. And so I took that back out and man, that made all the difference. The thing was super controllable, even in a little breeze. And Wait, it, wait is it servo waterproof or how did you protect it from splashes? Well, funny you should ask that. So I put a bead of, I used goop to hold it in. And I put a bead of goop around the case of the servo. Um, that was to keep water from leaking into the float, which is hollow, and also hopefully to keep water out of the case of the servo. So the only way for water to ingress was through the where the splined part exits the case. And wouldn't you know it, so I took it for the taxi test. Everything was working great. And after about five minutes of just tooling around, I was thinking, hmm, I think I might try a takeoff here. And just at that point, I heard the servo start to go nuts. Like, ah. <laughs> so I brought it back over. And just to be clear, not that it really matters. I used a five gram, those blue servos you get off Amazon, no sticker or anything. They're probably sold under 10 different brands. Um, brought it in and so I unplugged everything, took it to the workshop. I had to cut through the goop, pulled the server out and sure enough, there's a puddle of water in the bottom of the servo. So it must have gone in through that output shaft. So, oh, go ahead. Well, uh, go ahead. Your question might be where I'm headed. Okay. So there is a way you can do a home, home brew waterproofing kind of thing. Okay. So I was going to ask about that. What I was thinking about doing, so I took it in the workshop, dried it out. It works fine. So I didn't damage the servo, but while water was in there, it, it wasn't working right. So I need to put this back together and find a way to waterproof a non-waterproof servo. Um, normally I would put Corrosion X on the board. Um, I can't find my Corrosion X since the move, and I'm not even sure I brought it. That might've been part of the stuff that I got rid of before I moved. But if I find it or if I buy more, I can put Corrosion X on the board. Um, but I was wondering if I could put like a blob of grease around where that spline comes through the the bearing on the case, if that would do it. Okay. So you're, you're kind of heading in the right direction. There's a little, okay. something I actually tried once and it actually worked and I use it in the submarine. So this was fully, fully submerged servo and it worked. Oh, um, okay. So you're right about the spline, but instead of grease, go to the hardware store or you might have to order one online and find some teeny tiny o-ring rubber o-rings okay and pull them and make one size it so that you have to expand it slightly to fit over that spline and so you slide it over the spline and then you put the servo arm over that and squeeze it squish it together so that mm. o-ring 
makes a seal between the bottom of the servo arm and basically the top of the servo case. Do you still need to put lubricant there? Because I could imagine you could. No, it's not. Tension. It's not enough material to um, cause any enough friction on the servo movement. Hmm. All right. So it's a little. They do. I forgot where I found them. I think I bought a little bag of a bunch of them or something online. Or but you can find little teeny tiny uh, rubber O rings. They're like, yeah, I don't know, maybe five millimeters in diameter or something like that, and maybe a millimeter in diameter. It's so just thickness. A slight stretch over the spline. Yeah, because you want to have a make sure it has a good seal. Yeah. So I think if it's too big, it may not have a good seal. So the one I use, I think, had a slight spread spread over the spline, and make sure you screw down the silver arm so it squishes that uh, seal, the rubber mm -hmm. O-ring, a little bit, and and that seals it up. And I did that to a servo, and I used it in a submarine that was in the water. I mean, it was They're fully totally flooded, immersed. <clears throat> Wow. Totally immersed, yeah. Now, you may have to put some goop or something around the, the screw. Um, you know, the bottom of the servo, you have the screws that go in. You right. might want to put a little bit of goop or something around those just to make sure they don't leak in there. And maybe around where the case splits in half. But well, in this, in this application, only the output of the servo, only that top part is exposed to water. Ah, perfect. So, yeah, just, use, just get some rubber, rubber O-rings. Huh, I had not thought of that. And especially yeah. your application, because you're not submerged, you're just gonna be splashed here and there. Yeah. yeah. And I was I was thinking, yeah, it's probably not enough water to even to worry about that the, the thing that eventually killed it. Yeah. So all right. I would still put Thank a you. thin layer of Vaseline around that, unless the Vaseline and the O-ring don't she interact could. together. There, uh I wouldn't use Vaseline. There's something about Vaseline in cold water. It it doesn't work as good as you think it does. So maybe a little bit of oil, maybe, or grease or something. Hmm. Um, I've got some like that. I've got the grease that you use in uh, stuffing tubes for RC boats. I was yeah, thinking yeah. I would they, use that. I know that they make a a tacky grease because uh, I remember like when I went to Home Depot, I bought a three pack of grease packs for grease guns mm -hmm. for my trailer. So I know that they make like a tacky grease that might stick to the that area better. All right. I'll experiment. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a $2 servo. So I don't know how much effort I want to put in. And I've also... <laughs> $50 with the supplies. Right. <laughs> but I mean, really, the goal is to make the airplane work on the water. And I think in the old days, rather than an extra servo, people would run a flex cable from the rudder and loop it back down to the, the float. If I had... The flex cable I needed, I would do that. But the servo seemed like the easier option, and so far it has not been. But I'll get it, and then once I figure it out, I'll I'll try flying off the water with this thing, and or the ice, whatever. It's not frozen yet, but it's cold. So thank you, Sparky. I appreciate those floats. I'm going to make use of the other set too. I thought about maybe turning that into some sort of recovery boat. I don't know. We'll see. But thank you, and uh, I'll put them to good use. That's all I got, boys. Sounds good. Yeah. I got more. You guys are just sitting there. So I've got more things. Oh, had an Fitz interest stuff to talk about. Well, now he's going to have to wait because he took oh. too long. <laughs> all right. Oh, fine. So an interesting thing, and being having been involved with RC clubs for the last 
oodles of years and involved with different fundraisers, we did something in the club up here in Green Bay that I didn't know was an option. The Green Bay Packers had a home game a few days ago on Sunday. And our club, I think there was 11 or 12 of us, went in. And this is a thing that the Packers set up for different uh, organizations where we sold folding chairs to people coming in to watch the game. And I guess there's a lot of the stadium that's just metal bleachers. And it was cold. So, so these folding cushions are a, a hot item. So who buys the cushions? You they're owned them? by the stadium or the Packers, whoever. They're resident within the the stadium. They're stationed by the gates where you come in in a big so, pile. So you so oh like you so you work for the stadium. Essentially, like a vendor. Yeah. yeah. Like a hot dog person or something. You yeah, pretty much. And so they gave us credit card machines and you could only use credit cards. And as people came in, we would sell them these seats at eight bucks a pop for the entire game. And initially I was thinking that we would rent them to people at the start of the game. And that at the end of the game, we have to accept them back and put them back in the pile. So I was thinking, all right, we had to get there about three hours before the game started. Games last three hours or so. And then it's going to take time for everybody to filter out. So I'm figuring... This is an eight-hour commitment, right? Um, but it turns out we didn't have to stay till the end of the game because they hire other people to go out there and retrieve them all. Um, so we ended up selling out of all the seats even before the game started, a, a good half hour before the game started. So I would say we were there maybe an hour and a half or two hours. And I don't know how much money we made in that process, but from what the other club members say from doing this in the past, it's a pretty good amount of money. Basically we get a cut of the sales, a percentage oh, okay. of the cut of the sales. Um, so yeah, it ended up being kind of fun. It was very hectic because lots of people wanted those seats. And so we, we were busy there for a while, but it was a, a good way to earn money. So for anybody else out there who's lives in a city with an RC club that has a NFL team or whatever, I'm sure there's similar opportunities for maybe minor league teams or college teams or whatever. Um, maybe that's something that you could look into for fundraisers. So, yeah, unfortunately the, this did not include seats for the game. So when we ran out of seats, I uh, hightailed it back home to watch the game from my couch <laughs> and the Packers won in overtime and a, and a lot warmer too. Uh, yeah, it was not warm, so and I did not dress warmly enough for that. But it was fine while we were selling. One because I was hustling around, and two because we were just inside the gates and it blocked all the wind. So I was fine until I had to go back out. But anyway, so I just wanted to share that. I thought it was a good experience, and maybe other people can follow that lead. Now Fitz can flap his gums. Thank you, about Jerry. what? I don't know. Do we need a break first, or are we just going to muscle through this thing? <laughs> See, people watching, they can just hit pause. We got to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you, do you need a break, Terry? Do we need to cut to a commercial? No, I'm good. But usually Fitz will say, and we'll be right back. Well, and then he plays some weird anime music. And I don't have a commercial ready. Maybe we can play with that next time. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, All right. right well, I mean, Fitz, you got two things to talk about. Maybe yeah, three. your secret uh, live show that you didn't tell anybody about. It just pops up. Uh, sorry. I didn't think you guys care about it. Uh, we care, well, damn it. All right. Well, next time I'll try to uh, warn you ahead of time to thank you. Be prepared. Sorry, I just didn't, didn't want to bother you guys. I think I have more important things to do than watch my ugly mug. Look at that guy. Right. Uh, yeah. So I was this past weekend. I forgot which day it was. I kind of a last. I these things usually are last second decisions. Like you know, maybe I do a live show. So uh, I I have a lot. I occasionally do live shows on my personal YouTube channel, Hobby View, one word. Uh, please check it out. Like, subscribe, hit the bell, uh, and. Uh, I had a few new things to talk about in the workshop. And uh, if you're watching the YouTube video, you see me holding the new Erratics. Uh, it's a new 3D plane uh, from eFlight that I'm reviewing. In fact, the video just went live tonight as I'm recording this. Oh, nice. So that, that's done and out. It was a kind of nice quickie. And Lee was nice enough to meet me out at the field and take some video of it. Yeah, Did it really turn out okay? That. Yeah, it came out fine. Yeah, it came out good, I think. You can be All the right. judge. You can look at it. Two questions. Yeah. Is that a reverse rotation prop? Mm, no. Oh, uh, the camera. Camera's mirrored. Okay. Camera's mirrored. Yeah. If depending on where I have the display popped out in the camera, it'll mirror it. I, I see. Yeah. Hold it back. All, all the text is backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Video. Yeah. The text back. I didn't notice that. <laughs> Nobody told me in the, yeah. in the live stream. Isn't uh, well? Didn't they have a built-up version? Or some model with that same name that you years might ago? have long many moons ago, maybe. I don't yeah. remember. All right. Oh man. Yeah, tell so, me when the camera's backwards when you guys look at my live shows. Anyways, go well, ahead. If we were called, we could have like done a camera check with you first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh well. That's what you get. All right. So I was interested in the sub. Tell me about the submarine. Okay, so this is a project that's been lingering for quite some time. And uh something we'll talk about later. Uh, I wanted to get it ready for the next boat float that I have. And so this is the flying sub from the TV show Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, an old 60s era pseudo sci-fi TV show. And it has a little submarine that can, it's a it's a little, I don't know, four-person sub that can that pops out of the main ship and can act as a submarine or fly through the air like an airplane. And so the company oh, really? made a pretty, yeah, you never saw that? No. It yeah, looks it like a manta ray, so I can see that, but I didn't yeah, know it, it flew in the air. It flew in the air, yeah. It'd pop out. They'd have the you know the model pop out of the water and it'd fly around. It was a pretty neat concept, you know, totally uh, unfeasible, but pretty cool in the show. And so this company, I think Mobius, makes a plastic model of it that's fairly large. And these are pretty common for converting to radio control. And I've been sort of tinkering with it here and there. And uh, I came across a video of, uh, there's a local guy now, Bob. Uh, is Bob Martin, the submarine guy, uh, Nautilus Subworks. He, he's moved, recently moved to the Houston area, and I've talked to him a few times. And he had a video of him converting a flying sub, and he used two fully submergible pump jets. And I really hadn't didn't know about these because I was going to set up some props and some 3D printed stuff, and it was going to be kind of a cludge together. And he said, no, just put these two things in with a differential thrust and a little elevator flap and you're done. I was like, oh, that's quick and easy. <laughs> what are these units you're talking about? Submersible what? 12 volt submersible pumps, water pumps. Okay. What's yeah. their normal use? I don't know. Pumping water <laughs> somehow. Okay. So it's not I a hobby them... item. This is like a bilge or something. Yeah. It's like a little bilge pump. Yeah. They're small. They're, they're just generic. I found them online, maybe Amazon or something. They're 12 Rushed. volt pump things. 
And so I bought, they're not expensive either. And so I picked them up uh, online somewhere and found some tubing at the local hardware store. I did have to 3D print some adapters to plug into the back of the unit, into the scale thruster outputs, because the model has thrust outputs on the back. So they, whoever designed it anticipated some sort of thrusters in the back uh, so they can, I tied them into there. Did you have to design those adapters or is that a thingiverse? No, I, I designed them. They're really easy to whip up. It's just a couple of cylinders, different diameters. Uh, it, it literally took me five minutes to draw them. Uh, what, so what material? Uh, ABS. Okay. Any particular reason? Just strength or? Uh, yeah, ABS is a little stronger because I knew I'd probably be some force on it. And PLA is technically biodegradable. Oh, is it hygroscopic? So I don't think so per se, but I think long term in the water it would degrade. But I've had other PLA that hasn't in some of my submarines and other stuff. But it, the filament was already loaded into the printer. So oh, I was too lazy reason. to take it out, and it, it's it's stronger, better material anyway. So I just printed it with it. Okay. Uh, and there's a waterproof junction box, which I had to order from overseas because I couldn't find anyone local that was small enough. Oh. Uh, so it's not quite done, but it's very close. Uh, I have the servo in. I, I got actually ordered a waterproof servo because it was I found one on. I meant to mention that you can find waterproof servos, micro servos. Now. Well, I looked on Amazon. And I didn't see anything below standard size. Maybe I just yeah. wasn't using the right criteria. Well, I'll send you the link. This one's a micro. No, it's like 20 bucks, though. They're not terribly cheap. But, mm, okay. But I figured Yeah, I tried O-ring first. Yeah. Uh, so just basically a servo, and I soldered up uh, some flaps and glue. So it's mostly done. It should be ready by the next float fly. I need to... Uh... Oh, uh, one thing. I needed to get two uh, brushed speed controllers that did mm. not have reverse. Reverse is totally useless, and it would make it easier for me to use an airplane radio if it didn't have reverse. Mm -hmm. And those were almost impossible to find. Really? Uh, I was digging through my box. I found an old Castle Creations Pixie 20 speed controller, brush speed controller, 20 amp for airplane. And I happened to find another one online on eBay. Somebody was selling one used. And so I, I bought that. And so now I have two controllers. Terry Better. probably has 50. <laughs> How many amps do you need? Uh, I measured it, not much. Five amps at the most. Mm. I don't need much power, but these, these Pixie 20s are really tiny. I mean, the thing is like half the size of a potion stamp. They're super small for the for their capacity. Right. Yeah, Lee's right. Your buddy yeah, you could have helped you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I should have okay. thought of it, but I, I found, I, well, next time. Well, the good news is, you know, I told you I've been intrigued by submarines lately so yeah. i'm gonna follow your i'm gonna follow your progress on this and then maybe copycat you yeah sure are these plastic kits hard to get uh no not particularly no okay yeah uh, i think they're still in production or they come up on the used market quite often all right well uh, i'm sorry i'm going to interrupt here real quick um so i told you my motivation for building a submarine is that the lake behind me is very clear and mm. I thought it would be cool to have a camera to record what goes on down there. And yes. I'm even more motivated now because earlier this week, um, they did a thing where they dumped 100 pounds of minnows into the lake. I guess <laughs> to, wow. to feed the fish for winter or whatever. Um, but I got a heads up that the delivery guy was coming. So I grabbed my Insta360 Go 2, which is waterproof. And I was standing on the dock when they dumped them. And I just stuck it in the water when they dumped all these minnows out. Mm. And I got pretty good footage from that. So... 
I'm thinking, wow, if that's an idea or an indicator of what I will be able to get with a submarine, I'm really interested now. So funny you mentioned that. Exactly what I plan to do is stick a, a camera in there. Be this being a sci-fi model, it's got a big front window in the <laughs> front. So there's plenty of viewing uh, angles and viewing uh, openings for a camera. Yeah. Uh, right. So, yeah, I, you read my mind. <laughs> I thought it'd be cool to have a little camera in there and to be able to drive it around and such. So um, uh, I had to order some, there's a couple of parts I was missing. I needed to order some magnets that just came in like yesterday and there's something else. Oh, yeah, yeah, the speed controllers. So uh, also, uh, I had to I have to use an old 72 megahertz controller for this because right. uh, the 2.4 doesn't work. And you want to go much below periscope depth. And I ended up, at first I pulled out my high-tech. I have a high-tech uh, airplane controller I usually use for some of my boats, the subs. But I was having problems with the differential mixing. It wasn't doing quite right at low throttle. Because I'm missing, I have th two or three mixes going on at the same time. Mm -hmm. And this was the old Futaba, I mean, um, Airtronic 7, Flash 7 or something like that. Um, but then I remembered, I, somebody gave me, or I picked up, a Futaba 9C 72 megahertz, basically brand new in the box a few a couple of years ago. Because you know, it's, and I said, well, maybe that's better at the mixing. And it turns out it was. It, that one was able to mix what I needed. Oh. And it had a receiver PCM. And so um I'm gonna be using that. So I, I spent time, I soldered up. Oh, that's what it was. I had to order some connectors, battery connectors, but I clutch it together, set up the mixing. Seems like it's going to do pretty good. I got their elevator. So at this point, I just need to make sure, get the magnets in so the top cover will hold on and um, find some way. I think I'm just going to do a quick hot glue of those thrusters in the chassis temporarily just to see if everything works right before designing some sort of more permanent mount for them. Uh, so they're just going to kind of sit right there like the way they are. And I've already drilled some holes in the case. And so it should be very little time for me to get it ready for test trials. I'll have nice. to, I'll have to, of course, put it in a bathtub and experiment with adding weight and adding uh, flotation and stuff to get the, the weight, the ballast just, just right. But I'm really excited to get it running. I've been really itching to get this thing running. So how will you control the submersibility? Okay. So this will be a, what they call a dynamic diver. Okay. So you will weigh it down so it just has just a little bit of positive buoyancy, and then you drive it underwater through its own propulsion. Okay. So basically, like an airplane that think of it as a blimp that that's just barely floating, uh -huh. and so when you hit the throttle and hit down elevator, it'll dive. Right. Basically, the same concept. Huh. All right. Cool. I'm going to bug you for a rough bill of materials just so I can get an idea of what we're dealing with here. Sure. And I could send you the SDL files too for the or for the okay. adapters, or you can draw them yourself. They're super easy. But yeah, yeah, I'll give you a rough bill of materials and sources and stuff, that kind of stuff. Yeah, all right, cool. You know, I don't care too much about the the sci-fi aspect of this. I I don't need to emulate that submarine, but you would think that the running gear could be applied to any sort of design or something. Yeah, similar. yeah, yeah, something similar. Yeah, it just. It, it fits really well in the sci-fi design because it's it doesn't have normal propellers like you would normally see, you know. Right. But it's right. it's pretty cool, and the flying sub is pretty neat too. It's, the kit actually has a, like a full interior and stuff, which fortunately won't be able to use right. most of it, but it's pretty right. neat. Now, 
it might be worth mentioning that in the past, I've done differential thrust with a VTL mixer, like a plug-in VTL separate oh, board mixer. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Kind of, th- uh, yeah, yes, you're right. So that's an option for people that don't have an older radio with the correct mixing options. And last question from me, maybe, is there an option that you could 3D print the waterproof box? Yes, actually on Thingiverse, there are some water sealed boxes you can print. You have to get your own seals. Uh, and I, I was almost going to do that actually, print my own. And uh, and then I, um, uh, Bob had on his channel, said, no, oh, you can get these, these little junction boxes that are already waterproof with a seal and stuff. So uh, I just bought one of those just because I was, it was quick and easy, but yeah. if that doesn't work, um, then I may print my own and I can size it the way I need it, that kind of stuff. So yes, so poke around, you'll find it. All right, cool. Good luck with that. Yeah, thanks. All right, so you talked about other stuff. Catch us up. Uh, okay, so the uh, uh, mutual friend of ours or associate. I'll leave him unnamed at the moment. Some <laughs> uh, message says, "Hey, this is this popped up on Facebook for sale, and it is as we're showing a picture now. It's a Falco Wolf 189. Didn't you talk about it last time? You just didn't have it in hand yet. Uh, I think I sent you a message or something. Was it? I thought. What was it? Lee? Did we talk about it on the show? I think we did. You're Lee, mute. you're mute. Sorry. Yeah, I think we may have." Okay. Yeah. Well, I think we talk about it. Yeah, talk about it now because now we get to see it all its glory. On yeah. So now I have it in my hands. I got it delivered to me, and uh, you know who you are. Thanks a lot for it. And uh, it's it's really neat, but it's sort of still a mystery plane. Yeah, I guess we did talk about it. And I got it in my grubby hands, and on it on live on my channel, I just say, hey, let me put a certain receiver in it and kind of check it out and see what works and if it's okay. And it turned out that there were some things that it has some issues, some some minor issues, but a few things. One was the 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 one of the retracts was screeching, sort of um, slipping when it retracted. And it turns out that it was it was binding when it retracted. The wheel was there wasn't enough wheel room in the wheel well on it. And so hmm. through a little bit of grinding and a little bit of shims, I got that worked out. So that seems to be working fine. And I wasn't quite sure if it was a 3s or 4s, but uh, so I put a, a 4, 3S on it and then a 4S and a watt meter, and definitely 4S is the way to go on this thing. Uh, unfortunately, one of the aileron servos has got a strip gear in it. It was making a bunch of noise, and it just wasn't working quite right. Uh, and it's a really one of those really thin wing servos, and it's some off Hobby King brand that they don't even make anymore. Uh, so I need to... F- find another more modern servo that can fit in the same slot or, or at least close enough and replace that servo. Uh, but otherwise everything else seems to work. Uh, the retracts uh, are, what's that? I remember seeing that part where the, like the servo was glued in. Yeah. The servo was, he, whoever owned it, epoxied the servos in. So yeah. it was a, I had to take out a Dremel to start grinding away the, the, the epoxy and stuff to get the servos out. I was like, why would you glue the servos in? Don't do that for the same reason, because it's gear stripped and it's a pain in the butt to get out. Yeah. Uh, so I, I got them out, fortunately. Uh, but um, now I need to, you know, transplant another servo in there. And, and I might need to get two because I, since the other one's not made anymore, it probably it may not match quite right in the right direction. Or who knows? I don't know. I'll, I'll fiddle with it. Hey, uh, and I need to make a video with the canopy. 
Do you think that's like custom made? That looks really good. And okay. so many different panels and yeah. That's part two to the story because I have been talking to a friend of ours. I talked to um, um, Richard and I think Richard mm -hmm. pinged Tom a little bit. You guys know who these are. And oh. uh, that, who made a, a FW189? And they were kind of scratching their heads. And it was a couple of suggestions. One of them, which they were actually kind of right because small world after the video was posted, I get some notifications in the chat and I look down in the chat and one of the people who posted a message in the chat, the video chat says, Hey, um, I'm the, I'm the owner of EAM and I sold those. Oh, okay. So Steve Neal had a hand in this. Yes. Yes. Remember Steve Neal mentioned oh, wow. EAM and he said, yeah, I remember that guy up when I lived in the Dallas area, he used to go to shop all the time. Well, he's still around and he found my video and he posted a message and he says, yeah, I sold those. Those were made by a company called, uh, what did he say? Warbird Limited. And because, okay. yeah, he says, if it has fiberglass fuselages, those are mine. Wow. Uh, I was like, oh. uh, and so um, I, had a, I had some further talk with him offline um, uh, through, through, uh, through, through direct messaging and stuff like that. He's, 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 he's still around. He had, he, he tell going to it, but he's led an interesting life. Uh, but it was uh, really neat that, that, he, he popped up and he says, yeah, these are, um, uh, he gave me a little bit of details and he says he's, he had a few more models. He says he still had Steve Neal's, uh, P one, one zero one. Oh yeah. Molds or something like that. Uh, so, <laughs> so small world. Uh, so the mystery is solved. That's where it came from. So does that uh, mean maybe there's documentation or plans or something? I don't Somewhere? know. I thought he said he had some, he was going to take a picture or something, but, and then he sent me to it, but it was turned out it was for another model. I misunderstood him. So I need to get back to him and say, Hey, do you have anything on this particular model? But hmm. I suspect, you know, if, if he sold it, this was fairly old school. It was probably designed for brush motors or very early right. brushless. It was probably a speed for a hundred thing. Oh, you um, think? Yeah. Wow. Although this one came up a little on the heavy side. So I doubt speed yeah. 100 would fly very well. Ooh. Uh, so Is the one guy, battery or two? Just one, one battery. Just, one uh, in the middle? Okay. Yeah, when I plugged the battery in, both motors fired up and stuff. So um, uh, for those who didn't know, EAM, I think it was Electric Aero Models, was a yeah. just a small shop run by this, this guy who um, he imported some models. It was an interesting store because he would find these off-the-wall kits and stuff that he would sell. And a lot of them was his own design or own what do you call it? Uh, sponsorship, I guess. Yeah, I think Sparky sold some stuff, either probably him or for him. Like the old pop fly was pretty well known in the, at the time. Yeah, yeah, I think he sold pop fly. As a matter of fact, and he was pretty well known in the area because he just had a, such an eclectic mix of models. You go in a shop, you never know what you'd find. I mean, he had a normal. It was the early days of electric, so he had a lot of the neat electric stuff, speed controllers and motors and stuff you'd expect. And it was a good shop to go because nobody else had it, uh, other than say New Creations. Uh, but he'd also have this, you never, you go in and you have, oh yeah, here's a B17 prototype I'm, I'm having made, or here's a, this or that, or, and, and, and like, <laughs> it was just an entertaining place to go in and just kind of mill around. You'd love, you'd love it. Uh, if you ever guys ever went at the time, but uh, anyways, so it was really neat to see a small world that he's still around and he found my channel and was able to answer the mystery of what, what this was. Cause I don't remember ever seeing it in this shop, but I'm sure hey, it was. Can you pause right there for a second, Lee? All right, so look at uh, right now, Lee's showing the aileron linkage on this airplane. Yeah. And it uses an easy connector on the control horn. 
on the aileron servo, yeah. Uh, aileron. Well, not on the servo, but on the control horn. Yeah, aileron control horn, yes. Yeah. So what do you think about that? Are you okay yeah. with that setup? Yeah. I usually swap it. I usually put the easy connector on the servo horn and the Z-bend. But and it's funny I'm, you say that because I'm kind of jumping to my ending here, but I picked up a Multiplex Easy Star and Multiplex kits put the easy links on the control horn. Yeah. Not the control arm. Yeah, and they're usually proprietary too because they, yeah, they have uh, screws or nuts that hold the easy connectors. But anyway, yeah. I've never been a fan of easy connectors on either end only because I've never had one slip um, but they're so offset from either the control horn or the servo horn that unless they're very sturdy, they'll twist when you put them under load. And I didn't know twist. if you guys had exp like, see how that push rod is offset from the control horn. I don't know, five millimeters. Yeah. yeah. Depending on the flight loads, that could be enough to make that horn twist. I've seen it. Remember HS 55 used to have very, oh, very thin servo horns. And especially with those, you would get some twisting action. Interesting. With it. So, yeah, yeah, I guess. And in this photo, I would switch the Z bin on the other side. Yeah. yeah. You do that. Yeah. Well, I've gotten to where I put Z bins on both ends. I'm just careful about measuring. Oh, I'm usually not that good at measuring. So I need somewhere to, con to adjust it. Yeah. With Z bin pliers, I I'm pretty good with it. Yeah. Yeah, close enough that I can sub trim out if I need to. No, I have put like little V bends sometimes, and yeah, make it you can just so you can adjust it. So adjust it physically, yeah. Yeah, but I yeah. like easy connectors. I'm a big fan of easy connectors, so I've never doesn't bother me. But yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, you love them or you hate them. And me working for Dubro, I should probably be praising them, but uh, I don't mind saying that <laughs> they've never been my favorite method of uh, connecting things. But I'll concede they're very convenient for making adjustments. Oh, yeah. So I can't uh, zoom in, Terry, but if you look, you can see the epoxy. I know. A puddle of it. Uh, yeah. Man, they were not I, shy with that. I facepalm when I saw that. <laughs> All due respect yeah. to the builder. <laughs> it's like, no. How much damage <laughs> was done getting that thing out? Not much. I was actually really good. I was really, really careful in grinding it out and cutting with a knife. So very, very little damage was done. But okay. I'm going to redo it. So I want to put some balsa blocks in there and, and or hardwood blocks, excuse me, and uh, screw it. The new servos will be screwed in. They won't be glued in. Okay. Yeah, you can see me. If you go to my channel, you can see me grinding and vacuuming, grinding and vacuuming. Uh, I just did a little bit at a time with a little grouting in. I was able to very little damage to the servo too. I didn't really hurt the servo. Servo could the, be used. The audio in this is all going again. sensor beep. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the kid in uh, the Christmas story. <laughs> <laughs> you should have like cut, you know, with your, with your <laughs> technical difficulties. <laughs> and then come back. And so you can't get gears for that servo? Uh, I poked around a little bit on uh, Hobby King servo. It's discontinued, so I doubt it. Um, Right. find another servo so uh i was gonna get um high tech make some slim ones but they're kind of pricey i looked at it's like yow yeah. um uh, and there's some off-brand ones i might look into just because i just don't want to spend a whole lot on it yeah until i know it flies yeah the, i'm sure it doesn't um, need a whole lot of torque it's not a huge airplane yeah yeah it's just those type of servos are easier to mount it's designed for those types so yeah. but there's some uh, uh so is yeah that a top wing? sorry uh, I think it's a foam. It's foam wing with that's sheeted. Okay. Yeah, and I think he fiber 
don't know if I think he fiberglass the wing. I have to oh, wow. No. I think it's a tank. Yeah, it is. It is a little stout. <laughs> I picked it up. I was like, ooh, this thing is a little bit on the heavy side. But uh, we'll see. Maybe it flies better than it looks. So anyways, um, uh, oh, also, uh, people have been asking me about it. I've been working on this forever. Thanks to Lee again. The Savage Bobber. I've got my maiden flight on it. There's a picture we're showing for Lee took. Thanks, Lee, again. Uh, this will be a dual review in model airplane news, I, I believe, and I'll have it on my video channel as well when I get finished. I'm currently editing the build video, and that's 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 a slog. Uh, and so we went, we took it out to, to fly it around a little bit. It was the maiden flight, and uh, it was mostly successful. I think I need to tweak the CG. I think the CG needs to be moved a little bit more forward. Um, uh, <laughs> I say it that I show this photo. <laughs> oh, that's a nice shot. <laughs> that's kind of how it felt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it felt a little well, bit, uh, looking like it was right on the edge of the CG. So, what I'm going to tell Terry, right, though, this... is that this right here was after you touched down. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It yeah. is a bouncy mofo. <laughs> yeah. And well, well, I just, I wanted to show Terry some stuff here. I don't know if I can do it. I can't. I don't have an arrow here, but the, um, the springs separated. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. On the landing so, gear? Yeah. And boy, that yeah. thing bounced. It's like a trampoline. Yeah. I mean, he recovered yeah. it. No, he's a good pilot. And we had a lot of onlookers, people, you know, hey, it's Fitz. He's flying. Clear the <laughs> runway. Yeah. <laughs> Duck, hide yeah. under the, under the uh, clubhouse. Yeah. Uh, this is a Legend Hobbies ARF. I'm just going to say, this is a Legend Hobbies ARF. It's the new Savage Bobber. It's uh, It's got an all-metal truss framework. It looks like they you know, they just covered the wings and tail and, and gave up on the rest, but it's <laughs> by design. Uh, it's a new model, and uh, I've been working on it, getting it ready, and I've had some false starts and stuff on it. It's got these big Tundra wheels, and it's got a 35cc RCGF Stinger engine on it, so we got a 20-inch prop. Uh, it's got some really neat scale details to it. Uh, it's Full leather seats, saddlebags, instrument panel. Uh, it really drew attention. A lot of people came up to it and was like, "Wow, this is really neat." <laughs> uh, so it was really good to get a fly. I didn't really do anything. I didn't, it was mainly the first flight was to get some still picks and kind of trim it out and feel it out. So I didn't really do any aerobatics or anything with it. But uh, I did fly around, did some low passes. Lee got an interesting picks. stall. An interesting stall. Yeah, that's another reason why I want to tweak the CG. See if that helps the stall a little bit. It, it dropped one of the wings pretty pretty dramatically although it will slow down it flew pretty slow until that happened it was just kind of it's almost like a shock cup you really can slow it down and kind of putt putt with it are those oh, foam wheels those. yeah those are big giant basically solid foam wheels they seem as wide as they are tall yeah they are <laughs> almost <laughs> round they're <laughs> balls <laughs> and other thing is they're all they got ball bearings on the wheels and so there's i had a hell of a time trying to get the thing the taxi not not taxi so fast. Yeah. So I kept kicking the throttle down, and I had a couple of times it, it just stalled on me because the engine's kind of yeah. new too. And so and I'm trying to you know get the, the the area where I can idle low enough and not you know basically do a fast taxi on me. To put some sand in those bearings. Yeah, I may. Um, <laughs> I may drop anchor. Tighten up yeah. the tailwheel, um, so that that acts as a brake or something like that. Uh, All right. Uh, so, but anyways, it, it's finally flown. People have been ask, asking me about it, and I've been real happy to get it to fly around and stuff. It looks good. Also, because you have a couple of videos on your hobby view of you working on it, correct? Uh, yes, yeah. I mentioned a couple of times in hobby view, and I put some a few pictures on my social media. So, but now I finally got. Well, I still need to fly for video 
but uh, at least I got some good stills out of it, and I'll go tweak it. I got a few things I got to do on it. But with that wide open cockpit, it needs a mini fits in there. It does need a mini figure or GI Joe with a kung fu grip or something? I, what I scale does it? it? <laughs> you got it. What oh. scale does it work out to be? Uh, you know, I didn't do the calculations. I'm pretty sure it's close to quarter scale. All right, so you should be able uh, to find the real one is not very big. Maybe I can 3D print a picture of me or something, or, or something. Or I, yeah, just find a generic figure of. If you look on the um, the website of the actual manufacturer, Zlin, I believe it's called. Eric. The full scale. Yeah, the full scale. They have videos of a guy flying it around, and he's kind of. He's, it's funny to see this guy sitting there flying around. There's mm. no doors. There's no. There's nothing other than a windshield. Tooling mm. <laughs> around with his baseball cap or whatever. So. Yeah, it looks like one of those Cubs or Super Cubs where a bear came and ripped off all the fuselage covering. Oh my oh. gosh, put a bear, put a bear in the cockpit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, smarter than the average bear. I'm going to find a uh, Fuzzy Bear. Fuzzy Bear. Oh, no, it was Yogi, um, you mean Yogi, Yogi bear? bear. Yeah, Yogi, Yogi bear. bear. Come on, Boo Boo. We're going to Dell. Well, you got a backseat there for Boo Boo. Yeah. <laughs> If we did it, guys. I think I think you. That's a good idea. Let me see if I can find a Fozzie bear. I mean, a right. uh, Yogi bear. Uh, I'm going to throw this at you, Fitz. So talk about it. All right, Lee just popped up the flyer for the Fitz's fantastic flotilla of fun. So I was talking about the submarine and how I want to get it ready for my next boat float. Well, I picked a date. So if you're in the Houston area. Uh, December 10th, mark that on your calendar. That is the next time we will have a boat float, which is just basically we just get together and float our boats. It's free. It's it's really relaxing. All kinds of boats. We have power boats, tug boats, uh, sail boats, submarines. The only thing we don't have is anything. FPV. Uh, FPV boats, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lee's been to a bunch of them. Just no fuel power, no glow or uh, gasoline. Although you can do steam power. That's fine. And we had a couple of steam power boats last time. And wind power. Uh, or wind power? Yeah. Yeah, we had wind power. We had a pop-pop boat. Troy brought his pop-pop boat, if you're familiar with those. You talked about it last time. I forgot. Yeah. It's like a sterno can or something that powers it. Yeah, it's kind it. of a sterno thing, and it uses a, um, it's sort of a um, almost like a membrane, not a membrane, but a similar concept to a membrane pump, but it's metal. And it literally goes as it goes around just like that <laughs> yeah uh and it's on it's on uh it's not rail control it's, it's free running free flight free free float it's a free range pop pop yeah boat. <laughs> and he has also has free range uh sailboat too which worked really well so this is at sylvan rodriguez park this is in the clear lake area down south houston near nasa um we'll we'll put the flyer up on our social media or you can um email us at contact at rcroundtable.com and we can point you to where to go or maybe send you a copy Wait, uh, that's a different contact than is what than what's on the flyer yeah yeah or yeah if you have the flyer you can contact too. me directly yeah, I think so but it's kind of hard to say it over the air so contact at rc roundtable is more generic but anyways uh so that would be the last one for the year hopefully the weather will hold out and people have been asking me a lot usually i go to the hobby store and the guy goes hey when are you have your next boat thing so <laughs> it's been it's become pretty popular for something that just started out on a whim uh, a lot of guys that look forward to it for some reason. Uh, but and the nice thing is we always have something different or new that shows up. You never know. You go and some people show up with 
They may have a, a battleship. They may have a little sailboat that they built or finished or speedboats, whatever. So, anyways, and that's the flyers made by Lee. Thank you, Lee, for picking up that flyer because mine suck. I just had to force Fitz's fly fantastic flotilla of fun down your throat, <laughs> and now it's in. <laughs> if I if I leave this earth. <laughs> just rem remember me for that. Yes, your legacy, the F F F F. The fuff, yeah. The fuff. <laughs> Are you going to make it to this one, Lee? I hope so. I made it to the last one. All right. All right. Just don't drill a hole through your FPV camera. <laughs> I fixed it already. We already yeah. used it. Yeah, it worked really good last time. Yeah, yeah. You, you put the FPV camera on your tugboat, and that yeah, was made, so made pretty fun. Cool. I have a I have a video yeah. on our YouTube channel. See here, I'll go put that right there. So go to youtube.com at RC Roundtable. Okay. And you can see the little tugboat video. Ah, cool beans. All right. So I have a show and tell. Yay. It's be quick. So those of you going, oh, Lee's gonna ramble on. It'll be quick. So Austin's <laughs> in engineering in high school. He's a senior, he's graduating, and uh, they've had a change of teachers in engineering. And I guess it's I don't think he had the old teacher, uh, but the new teacher was cleaning shop literally, and they were getting giving away stuff. And Austin's like the teacher's pet; he loves all the gadgetry, and and nobody else wants it. So he's been bringing home these wires and cables and stuff. But uh, the engineering teacher came across a box. I won't say anything. I'll just have Terry. Oh, is that a Delta Dart? This is a this is the Delta Dart. This is the paper. It's yeah. a box of like a hundred of them. Oh wow! So oh, wow. it's a kit. It's a teacher's kit. So I have mm -hmm. all these sheets plus all the balsa and the rubber and all that jazz. Uh, so they came home. He came over the box of the Delta Darts. And yes. then I'm, I remember one day I don't remember where it was. Some community center. Mike Leibel, he of B twenty four fame, he was mentoring some kids, and he had a box full of Delta darts, and he and I helped the kids build the Delta darts. It was fun. Just show that a little bit better. So, anyway, you're given this piece of paper. You build the frame around it. You glue the paper to the frame, and you have yourself a little plane. Hmm. And is so that just normal paper? Yeah, it's very. It is a little different. It's thin. Okay, it's, it's got some. Anyway, so that's the, the sheet. So I thought that was cool until yeah. <laughs> until he came back with a bigger box. Nice. <gasps> what is that? And these are these little is balsa built up kits. This is a pack of like another hundred or so of the. Okay, I think you can see that. Okay, so there's yeah. all these little balsa gliders. Okay, but oh, they're like all brand new and they're just perfect kits, and they were just gonna throw it away. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, oh, they're rubber band powered free flight. They're, they're rubber band powered free flight. Oh, can I have one? Yes, you may. Oh, Is you. it um profile wing and what's stick fuselage? I can't quite make yeah, it. Yeah, it's out a from stick fuselage. Yeah, that's the best I can give you. Stick so fuselage, stick profile fuselage. wing. It's like a gillows, it looks very much like gillows, but it does like have a dihedral. And it is, you know, but you do have to, there's no plastic dihedral mounts. I mean, this is all glued on, so mm -hmm. unlike a gillows that's you know ready to go. Um, right. Yeah, there's some work that needs to be done, but it's, you know, a whole box of them. They weren't going to use them. Austin brought it home. And I'm like, I'm taking some. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe so, that's something for Camp AMA. Well, that's exactly what I'm hoping to do. I'm going to bring a lot of these out maybe to our club, see if I can give them to some other students, or maybe try to get a uh, flight date scheduled yeah. for a school or an elementary school or something like that. 
or take them to an elementary school and just say, hey, do y'all have a science class that could use some of these, you know, uh, you know, pass it on, pay it forward. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I think that was kind of cool. Nice aviation story there to tell. I don't I kind of mentioned earlier that we had our fun fly at our club last weekend cold and windy, but we did combat. I had fun. We had a, a great duo, me and this other gentleman, we duked it out for a long time. And at first we thought it was a, a what do you call it? A, not an even, what do you call that? Draw? Draw. Thank you. And then we find out <laughs> that my tail got cut. <laughs> so, so we had streamers, but my tail was cut. It was, but oh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, by that much. But they also had uh, an auction, a silent auction for one section. And then they had a table that says pay what you want. And there was a multiplex easy star that was on that table. So I oh. grabbed that and it's, ha it's never flown. It's, it was still under construction. This is an original, oh, wow. excuse me. It's an original. And so I'm going to probably add ailerons to this one, you know, have some fun with it. I already had Austin email a 3d printed motor mount for an outrunner. So anyway, so that's something I got, but I also got another thing that's going to be in Terry's mailbox soon. So now I'm I'm saying it here. Uh, Terry on our next show will announce what I sent him, and I think hmm. he'll like it. So sorry, oh. Fitz, I didn't get you anything. I took pictures for you on Sunday, but uh, Terry, you got a box that should be there tomorrow, or I think by tomorrow. All right, I'm excited. Thank you. And, and you lied to me. I lied. I lied. <laughs> you know, I lied. But Fitz, didn't you need his address? Yeah, it's a good thing to have. Yeah, I don't have it go. either. So. Okay. No. I I exaggerated. <laughs> no, no. It was a lie. I exaggerated. But that's well, okay. If, if you don't like what I'm sending you, you can certainly send it back. But you know what, Fitz, I'll just say this and then Terry's eyes will it's new in box. Okay. You're so, speaking my language. Yeah. So I figured it does it. Oh, and I my gosh, I completely forgot the other little thing. So you've got something coming to you, Terry. Um, I mentioned th this. I, I did forget to mention something else that came with this that was new in box, a Fox 35 40th anniversary uh, control line motor. Nice. <laughs> with a muffler. Oh, and I so, was going to ask if it has the muffler. Yeah. So I was like, my son was like, well, here, here you go, dad. Here's a, it was like, do you know what this is? <laughs> kind of yeah. moment. Um, but I have, you know, a, my twister, I don't, I'm probably not going to make my twister glow, but I like having the engine because now that I have it, there's a good chance I will find another 35, like a magician, to put that on just to be nostalgic and and fly a glow motor control line. But it was neat to see it. You know, they I have two, by the way. They gave a, a used Fox 35 that's really, really beat up. I mean, obviously, that sucker had been run, you know, its life uh, to its life expect expectancy. Uh, so this was obviously just a replacement for that. So at one time they probably did control line out there at the high school. Um, so yeah. I get to reap the rewards. Yeah, that's a good find. I mean, just, yeah. isn't that sad though? It's like the high school had this stuff and they said, Hey, does anybody want this? We're just going to throw it out. Well, I mean, they found the right people though. Yes. Yes. Thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness. Yeah. I'm glad that Fox has a muffler because a Fox 35 without a muffler is criminal. It is loud. It is loud. And I've, so, I've had them. You know, my dad and I flew yeah. combat. I'm sure that's how we flew them when I was a kid. And we would fly at schoolyards and stuff. Nobody ever gave us any grief about it. But uh, when I was in Florida a few years ago, I met up with one of my uncles. 
and he had an old, I think it was a ringmaster with a Fox 35 with no muffler. And I didn't think anything of it, but he started that sucker up and oh my gosh, I thought the sky was caving in on us. <laughs> it was loud. As an air siren, isn't it? Man. So, but we had fun. So, all right. Well, congratulations on your new haul. Yeah. And well, Austin's new haul. I just. <laughs> well, the easy you start too. enough to gift it to me. Yeah. Um, I brought you into this world. You're giving me some <laughs> of those balsa kids. <laughs> Reparations. <laughs> That's just the start. Yeah. <laughs> and save um, me one of those gliders too. Oh, I certainly will. I don't think I had anything else. The, the Easy Star was a nice, nice little fun. I've got two others. Actually, I've got three. So I've got two originals. I've got the second one. And then I now I have this one. But I think this one will be fun because I plan to like you know, add the ailerons and uh, get a little bit better outrunner in it. Stuff like that. That's a good plane to have on the snow. So you appear for when you visit. Hey, does that lake freeze over? Yes. Okay. So you got plans for that? I do. Okay. So whatever I have on floats will um, go out there, I think. Some of the slower stuff anyway. And uh, I've got my my electric hub. I flew it off the snow in Buffalo for the last several years. It's super duper for that. Nice uh, high visibility yellow against the white snowy background. Thing of beauty. And it's taxis really well. You can almost, as soon as you give it power, the tail lifts up and you can taxi it around on the ground, steering it. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, it's fun. All right, I got well, some video of it out there. Well, I'll, let, I'll see that on the lake when it's frozen over. That'll be neat. Yeah. Well, that's all I got, Fitz. You have anything else? Are you muted, Fitz? Yes, I was muted. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> and I had problems unmuting for some reason. I forgot my double muted. Uh, no, I think that is it. I don't think I can think of anything else. No, no, no. Just the usual stuff. So I think okay. we'll, we'll just wrap things up, I guess, huh? Let's do that. Let's wrap it All up. All right. So thanks everybody for joining us in, uh, again. Uh, in episode 162 of the RC Roundtable, another fun-filled event. Some good stuff. We had a, sounds like we had a lot of stuff to talk about this time. Even though we, it's only been a couple of weeks since we talked last time. So, because <laughs> a lot happened. Well, I think we'll probably do a live show. We got Thanksgiving next week. So maybe after that. Okay. All right. We'll do a holiday live show next time. Post-holiday. Post-holiday. Well, still got the Christmas turkey holiday. fat live show. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah, roll ourselves on. Exactly. Uh, can't eat anymore. <laughs> Trip to fan special. <laughs> I, I, that's the question. Is like how much leftovers will we yeah. still have when we do the live show? <laughs> Napping is encouraged. Turkey show. We're still the holiday season, right? Because Christmas will be coming up and the New Year's and stuff. Yeah. So. Well, if I'm not seeing you guys, I will just say now. Happy Thanksgiving to my good friends, Terry and Fitz, and to all of you listening and out there, uh, enjoy the holiday. Uh, ditto. Uh, oh, I have another shout out. Today is my son's, my oldest, my Austin, his 20th birthday. Can what you believe you? that? Oh, holy wow. crap. No longer a teenager. Dang. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so happy birthday, Austin. Happy birthday, Austin. <laughs> I don't think he listens to the show, but just, <laughs> he's probably uh, saying, yeah, whatever. I'm sure all of his friends do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so oh, it's cool friends. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. On that note, everybody have a wonderful time and thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Stand by next time for our live show and we will see you later. Bye. See ya. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts. Where you also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.